live from wherever you happen to be, it's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. And now, here's your host, curator of the hall, Jamie Dew. You don't know what it's like to have a week like I have. And you get to sit here and listen to those goddamn bells ring you in. And uh, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel real good inside. My name is Jamie Dew. I am host and curator of the SNL Hall of Fame. And I've been uh, reminded by the custodial staff to reiterate once again that as we uh, enter these winter months, uh, especially for you to just you know be considerate and wipe your goddamn feet before you enter the SNL Hall of Fame. So there's that. Uh, I would be remiss not to put in my two cents on you know the loss of Betty White that we experienced on New Year's Eve as we were preparing to ring in 2022 and we were just days away from a hundredth birthday extravaganza we lost betty white and uh, you know it was a final shot in the arm for for 2021 if if you haven't had enough shots in the arm you know um fortunately for us the episode is going to air this week uh, unadulterated and that's a good thing because that episode is a template for the fandom the the fandom of Saturday Night Live made that episode happen ultimately I know you can't twist Lauren's arm and, and make him do it but there was an outcry there was a there was you know definitely a, a strong audience uh, input into wanting this episode to occur and it and it occurred and it was a lot of fun and if you get the chance to uh check it out please please do so there's that i will tell you that this week i am joined by somebody that i'm sort of a fan of uh there is a website and a twitter account called tv show graphs that i became aware of you know as i was building this building this show and Jamie Burwood is the uh, is the voice and, and data analyst behind you know this tremendous property. Uh, if you're not following already, you should. It, it's a great deal of fun. You know, essentially, she looks for um, data that she can manipulate into a chart, into a graph, and express certain feelings about you know, various pop culture entities uh, from the television world. And goddamn, if it isn't just a heap of fun. So uh, check that out if you if you uh, have the time uh, and the wherewithal. Uh, Jamie is joining us and she is bringing somebody who I'm going to say is controversial because I can see a lot of people reading the name of this episode and immediately um, saying no. <laughs> no, because 
Molly Shannon appeared on the show in sort of a dark timeline. Uh, things weren't, you know, as great when she was on, on the show. Uh, the show wasn't as revered as it was with the next cast. Um, but if you listen to this episode and you listen to Jamie's real thoughtful uh, arguments, I think you could be swayed because there is a narrative here that absolutely supports Molly Shannon in the SNL Hall of Fame. So let's now go to Jamie Burwood. The next name we're adding to the ballot is a familiar one if you came of age with SNL in the mid-90s or have looked back at reruns on Comedy Central or Peacock. She's a frenetic wrecking ball attacking the stage and camera with all her comedic might. Molly Shannon took the baton from Jen Hooks, who had taken it from Gilda Radner, and ran with it. From being a featured player in 1995 to hosting the show in season 32, Molly had many moments between those bookends. Today, I'm joined by Jamie Burwood of TVShowGraphs.com, who is going to help us fill in the blanks as she presents her case for Molly Shannon to be inducted into the SNL Hall of Fame. How's it going, Jamie? Going great. Excited to to be here on this lovely night to talk about Molly Shannon. Yeah, this is going to be good because she really uh, came in like a wrecking ball. You know, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the on the female side of SNL, and next thing you know, there was this this you know Mary Catherine Gallagher like storming through walls, falling through tables, like being very physical. And and funny as all hell. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when I was thinking about just like Hall of Fame and so many amazing contenders, right? I mean, it's it's so hard to, to pick. But I think what really stands out for me about Molly Shannon, her just overall fearlessness when it comes to comedy. Um, and I think when I was thinking about just like what I would look for in a Hall of Fame cast member, one of the things that was just coming to mind was impact in the context of their time and era. And I think for me, that really is what made me think of, of Molly and specifically people who I think of as trailblazers for their time. And I think Molly is someone who just the, the wholehearted commitment and energy that she brought to making SNL exceptional really, uh, really makes her stand out to me. So when you think about Molly Shannon and you think about the time that she showed up, uh, I mentioned in the, you know, the preamble there that, you know, she took the torch from Jen Hooks. What do you think about that idea that, you know, she, she took a torch from the very likable Jen Hooks and, and ran with that? What, what do you make of that statement? Yeah. So I, I definitely agree. And I would say that, what was unique to me about Molly as well, like when I think back to a lot of the press surrounding SNL in the mid to late 90s, 
really for the first time ever, the women, so Molly combined with then kind of Sherry and Anna, were what people were actually talking about as being the highlight of SNL. And I would say for for Jan Hooks, like as great as she was, and I completely agree about that baton passing, I feel like you might argue that she's a little underrated in the history of SNL. I think sometimes she gets forgotten fairly or unfairly, um, as brilliant and amazing as she was. Um, I think Molly, something that was just really unique about her is that a, she brought that that energy into the show at a time when it it really needed it, um, and just kind of helped people start to have that conversation of, wow, the the women on SNL are actually just as funny or maybe even more so than the men of SNL <laughs> yes. in a way that yeah. I don't think we had really ever seen in the context of the show's history, even with some of those amazing folks that came came in early on. And I think that that conversation was actually a really important one in the context of not just the history of SNL, but the the history of females in sketch comedy in general. So you mentioned before that Molly, uh, when you were considering Molly Shannon, you know, you thought about what makes a Hall of Famer. Can you expand a little bit more on, you know, what you mean by that? Absolutely. Yeah. So. I mean, I think for for me, it's, yes, someone who has their own legacy and memorable characters, which we all know that Molly has that. I think there's there's no argument there. But it's also, I think, people who make a sketch better by just being in it, which to me is absolutely Molly. I think it's, to me, I, I try to distinguish to it, it's not necessarily just the people who had the, the biggest A-list movie career after it or who became the biggest star after SNL, but specifically about impact on SNL history. And Agreed. I think something something that we talked a little bit about in terms of criteria is like how they contribute to the legacy of SNL in a way that's significant. I think that's something on your website or something that you've talked about just in terms of criteria in the past. And I think for me, there's even a distinction between personal favorite and contributed to the legacy. So for me, like Molly happens to rank high on both. I, I love her personally. I know she can sometimes be a little bit divisive and we can maybe talk more about that. But for me, like even if she's not a personal favorite, I would encourage people to think about the role that she played in that time and moment where SNL was in the mid nineties and it, it was at risk. Like that was kind of the reality of the situation. And it, I think needed a group that would really lead it into that next era and make sure it could still be on TV 20, 25 years from now, which it is, which is great. Um, and I think Molly was really one of the leaders in taking it into that next era. Yeah. I mean, you saw from the fact that there was the 94 cast that was, you know, one thing and then 95 was almost a completely different cast save for what was it um i've got it written down norm it's norm and oh of course technically molly was on for the tail end of that that season 20 there were there were one or two others yeah it's tim meadows tim meadows yeah 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 uh, but I can't think of David Spade. That's the last. Yes, one yes, yeah. Yes. He continued his little like Spade in America. Yeah, whatever, Spade right. in America, right, yeah. right? Which was kind of a weird little. I feel like it was kind of a transition thing in some ways. But yeah, for yeah. the most part, it was fresh, fresh faces, and like I would also argue, just a new vibe, kind of like SNL in the early mid '90s. You kind of had that sarcastic tone. I mean, there was the 
great cast, but it had kind of started to feel, I would argue, a little bit stale in some places. Agreed, yeah. The humor was of a very specific type that was not for everyone. Um, it was, was very bro. Yeah, the early yeah, very 90s much. were very bro. <laughs> yes, like yes. You went from the late 80s, which, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff going on. So it's almost like when Mike Myers became you know, big in the cast and then Sandler and Spade and Farley and rock. And you know, that, that crew, it just became, yeah, a little bit more bro. And, and so, you know, the door was, or or the, the moment was there waiting for somebody to, to grab it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what was unique about kind of the, the new era that I think Molly helped, helped usher in was it kind of, it shifted things and it, it was a little bit more in your face. And again, that, that may or may not be for everyone, but I think it was kind of what the show needed at that moment. It was that like memorable, high energy, like catchphrase spouting characters that would get people to talk <laughs> at the water cooler the next day about, oh, did you see this crazy Mary Catherine Gallagher? Oh my gosh, she's throwing herself into tables. Like what's going on? And, <laughs> and you turn on SNL, I think, and it had lost, it had lost viewers at that point, like before, like that whole transition era. And I think to bring people back, you almost kind of had to have that familiarity of this, like focus on theatrical kind of characters, the Sally O'Malley, Mary Catherine Gallagher, like that, that energy. And I mean, definitely Will Ferrell, huge, huge part of that as well. Like he's another, um, Hall of Fame caliber cast member for me, Absolutely. but I would say on the on the female performer side, really Molly Shannon led the way. Sending out an SOS, 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 SOS. Sending out an SOS. Thank you, thank you for auditioning, Patrick. Thank you. One second. Send it out an SOS. No, that was very good, really, Patrick. Very. Please rule. Yes, I'm sure they do. Good night. Okay. That was uh, Patrick Patrick Connolly there with sending out an SOS. Message in a bottle! Sending out a message in a bottle by the policeman. Right. Uh, would you settle down there? Stop that. I can see what you're doing. Now, okay, students and members of the faculty, our next auditioner for St. Monica's talent show is... Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine Gallagher! I slipped. <laughs> Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mary Catherine. Gallagher. Ma- Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine. Mary Catherine. Gallagher. Yes, right. I think I have it now. Uh, attention. Mary Catherine Gallagher. That's me. Uh, okay. Right. Uh, I think I've got it now. Okay, everyone, okay. could we have uh, some attention, please, for Mary okay. Catherine G- Gallagher? Except, What's okay. wrong? Where are you? I feel shy. Come, come, come out here. Come out. Okay. I, I, do you want to? Uh, do you want to audition or, or, or what? Yeah. You do. Some, sometimes when I get nervous, yes, I stick my hands under my arms and then I smell my fingers like that. <laughs> but that's gross. Well, that's gross. Well, that's very interesting, that's gross. Mary Catherine. Yes. Yes. Does it smell uh, so bad? Yes. Okay. And uh, that's very interesting. Yes. That's gross. I think that's gross. Okay. Now, uh, your grandmother, I believe. My grandmother, she's my, um, I'm going to tell you about her. Uh-huh. My grandmother, she's my legal guardian, and she lives in a, a motorized wheelchair. Uh-huh. And she says that I bear a very striking resemblance to uh, young Elizabeth Taylor. 
which is... But that's true, you do. Yeah. Very striking resemblance. Now, it says here that you have, you, uh, that you have a monologue. 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 Yeah. Right. I'm going to be doing, um, sorry, I'm going to be doing a monologue today for my favorite made-for-TV movie, which is the Be Betty Broderick story starring Meredith Baxter Burney. That's, that's uh, very good then, okay. uh, very good then, Mary Catherine. So whenever you're ready, okay. off you go. Okay. Okay. I just have to prepare. Okay, but I'm sorry, I'm nervous. Okay, I remember, I remember it was dawn, and the sun was just, the sun was just barely rising. And I, I took the gun out of a little wooden box in my room, and I, I just, I went outside, and I, and I got into my car, and I drove, and I drove, and I drove over to Dan Broderick and Linda Colquina's house. And then I, and then I, I broke into their front door, and I, I, I slowly climbed up the stairs. And into their bedroom, and I, I, I saw them sleeping there, and I just, I just shot them both. I hate you, Dan. I hate you. I hate you. Very, very good girl. Good girl. Yes. Very good. Very good. My Good, good girl. That, that, that was terrific. No, you're, 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 you're not still nervous, are you? No. That was very good, very good. Okay. Now, it says here on your audition Shit. that... Uh, I'm going to be doing a song. You're going to be doing a song. We're doing one of my favourite songs. But why don't you go okay. ahead and, and do that? So. All right. Um, you, you, uh, do you know you asked me if I love you? Okay. You ask me if I love you, and I choke on my reply. I'd rather tell you honestly than mislead you with a lie. Cause sometimes when you touch, the honesty is too much. I have to close my head. Thanks, thanks. That, that, okay. was, that was great. Okay. Mary, now, thanks. Well, uh, our next... I had, five, I had five more bars of that song, but I didn't... You made me finish all of them. Uh, sorry, <laughs> you, you were just getting a bit carried away okay. then, Mary. Right, okay. And now, um, our next uh, auditioner here is... Uh, Actually, Father, I also do... I do gym gymnastics. Gymnastics! <laughs> Bad flip! For God's sake, woman, control yourself. Get out of here. Control yourself. Oh, control. Right. I'm writing your name down here. Look, Mary Catherine Gallagher. Gallagher. Mary Catherine right. Gallagher. Oh, it's all right. Okay. You just got a little carried away there, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Good girl. Well, no, you can go back to your class. Okay, right? thank Good you, girl. Father. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes, thanks very much. Superstar! <laughs> Before we see Sean O'Reilly and his step-dancing monkey, 
<laughs> I think we better have a bit of a break, don't you, sister? Yes, we should have a bit of a God. Right. Yeah, yeah, really wonderful stuff. If you're walking through the SNL Hall of Fame and you see the, you know, the, um, the plaque for Molly Shannon, I have to assume that, you know, when this thing becomes a reality, there will be a video machine of some sort beneath that plaque. What, what video is playing on that? Like, what, what are you watching? Yeah. What is playing? In terms of like a sketch or like a yeah, medical a sketch? sketch? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, it would probably have to be like one of the debuts of a memorable character for her. Um, and I think just for me, like, I don't know, maybe the first Mary Catherine Gallagher. I always loved the one with, uh, with Whitney Houston, where they're kind of doing almost like a sing-off. I thought that was great. Um, if it could be a reel, I would say like a reel of like her memorable characters, but also like maybe throw in some just like slightly more obscure or like side character moments for her. Cause I think one thing about Molly, like you have Helen Madden, you have the joyologist, you have Terry Rialto, like a lot of those, like, again, viral, like things that people have come to know her for. Um, but even when she was just like a, side character in a sketch I feel like she was great and you kind of see her acting chops in some of those cases too where she's not always the the main over-the-top character so maybe a cheating answer but I would like to see kind of a a reel of all of those maybe throw in a Courtney Love impression if we can Ah. (laughs) okay so then this is a related question because you sort of copped out although I think (laughs) I think that's a totally, I think it's a totally fair answer because of course there should be a reel for every plaque, right? Like you, you should show, but I'll, but I'll ask you this. I'll ask you then what is her signature moment on the show? Yeah. So I think for me, one that just really stood out. So we are talking a bit about like Molly Shannon as a physical comedian. I think one that stands out for me was there was a, a pretty living uh, sketch. So one with, she's Helen, the joyologist, and she's doing her like in the chair thing. And it was Ben Stiller was on and she is so in the moment that the chair absolutely flips over. And you can just <laughs> see like Ben Stiller, like a look on his face, like, should I go help this person? <laughs> like what's going on? Um, and so I think something like that just to me is like the perfect epitome of how she just put herself in 110% to every sketch that she was in. Um, And it may not be the moment that everyone thinks of the most, but for me, it's just like classic Molly Shannon and, and what she represents. Oh, that's really cool. So you mentioned earlier that she potentially is divisive. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because to, to my ears, like she was, she was welcome because I like I got into SNL around 86, 87 and sort of fell out around 91, 92 and then came back in 94, 95. So to me, like that was, you know, my welcome back. Uh, and I can't fathom that she's divisive. But tell me more about this. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just because I've been spending too much time like rewatching YouTube videos and YouTube videos can always <laughs> be a haven of like lots of great feedback, but also like negative. Sure. Um, I, I think and hope that like for the most part, the SNL community 
really respects and like understands what Molly Shannon is all about. And I will say like, for the most part, I've, I've seen that to be the case. Um, I have seen the critique, like that the characters themselves are maybe annoying or overused is, is the critique I've heard. I think to me though, like the, honestly in that whole era, like they're recurring sketches. Like that's, that's SNL's bread and butter. And again, like, I think it was a smart strategy for getting people to talk about the show again. And I think that theatricality or or whatever you call it is, (laughs) is what just kind of brought, brought people back in. And it's, it's what SNL needed in that area. I think Molly was able, able to deliver on that mission pretty flawlessly. Um, And so, yeah, maybe, maybe not totally divisive, but I do think that, um, that her characters were kind of what the show needed at that moment. I get what you mean though, but, but I get what you mean when you say that there are people that, um, you know, we're like, Oh, reoccurring sketches, but that's a matter of like, don't hate the player. hate the game. Yeah, right? exactly. Cause SNL absolutely of that era was, you know, that's, that's all you just wanted to create that character that you could, you know, six sketches in a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think like you mentioned kind of the, the whole movie thing, like, I mean, we all know like superstar, like very um, important in that era and just showing like it made money. Like it was a, a cheap movie to make. It wasn't like making hundreds and thousands of dollars, but made money, money talks. And I think, I think back to like, I was in my late teens, mid, mid teens around kind of the, the era where, when Molly was on, on SNL and I mean, Mary Catherine Gallagher was kind of a, a pop culture moment. Like I remember going to see superstar in theaters and oh wow, yeah. <laughs> and just being so excited by that whole experience. And the character was everywhere. I felt like Molly Shannon was everywhere and you kind of, you're growing up and just seeing kind of this, it kind of after Molly became trio almost with like her, Sherry and Anna, I would say like, as they kind of came in, I feel like she was maybe had a little bit more of the experience than she had been first. And I think really was already performing like a veteran by the time the others came, came along, but there was kind of this, this great trio that, that Molly was at the forefront of. And I remember reading articles about that at the time and just thinking it was, it was really cool that people were talking about this um, kind of new, new era in SNL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, it certainly, that seems to be the reoccurring theme that, you know, she was part of something new and part of something exciting and, um, really ushered in, you know, the next era, which was very female centric. Yep. Uh, like in a good way. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good point. I think when you think about like SNL since Molly's era, I feel like there has been pretty consistently a a great female cast. And I think she kind of helped create that momentum, I guess I would say. Yeah, Um, I think so. Yeah. I think just thinking about, um, thinking about kind of what, what came after that. And I, I mentioned the word kind of trailblazer before I think, but, um, I think just setting that that tone of like, hey, this is a a really funny female comedian on SNL. People are talking about it. And then I think we we saw that momentum really carry forward for the next um, couple. Well, suddenly, suddenly she's the bar. 
Yeah, exactly. Like you're not going to hire, you know, you're, you're never going to have a Victoria Jackson again. Yep. Yep. You know, exactly. Um, and that's no slight on Victoria Jackson. That's just the reality of things that, that she was a bit of a one trick pony. And some of these other female comedians that come on the show are just, I, I shouldn't even have to say female comedians. It's just like, they're just fantastic. Like yep. the show is just so rich and rife with, with greatness now up and down, you know, like I, I really like what they've done with things. And I like your idea that, you know, she is sort of a pioneer in that area. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. And I think like we saw from there on out, like SNL was finally like really willing to go all in on talented female comedians. And I think giving them the material that would work, making sure the right people are in there. Um, I think back, I recently rewatched season 20 and with Janine Garofalo and that whole dynamic and just seeing an example. I mean, that's been talked about ad nauseum, but like just seeing how it really does matter. Like the, the roles that people are given and just kind of moving away from a few years where I felt like females on the show were very much side characters to really, like you said, setting a new bar for what, for what to expect. Yeah. So if you had to sum it all up, if you had to put it in one sentence, why does Molly Shannon belong in the, she is now on the ballot. Yes. It will be up to voters to decide. So this is your plea to those voters. Why does she belong in the hall of fame? Yeah. So I would say that we would not have the SNL that we have today if it weren't for Molly Shannon. And I think her arrival in the cast and that next level, just energy, physicality, fearlessness that she brought to really every single character that she played big and small over her time on the show, I think really helped usher in a new era for the show created momentum for female cast members that helped carry it into the following 20, 25 years. I see her as a legend and a true, true like trailblazer. And I think she really deserves to be in the hall of fame. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And you know, something we didn't even mention, she was, she hosted yeah. and she was the first host of the show that was a Lauren person because yes. Um, why can't I think of her name right now? Julie Louis-Dreyfus hosted before, who was the first female cast member to ever host. But she was, of course, of the uh, of the Dick Ebersol era. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I loved when she came back to host it. It was fun. I thought it was a nice mix of like bringing some of her old characters into a new era of like references. And I think I think there was an American Idol thing they did at the time. Like it was just a really fun fun episode and a fun hosting gig for me. Um, and I think the, the only other just like little factoid that I'll, I'll leave here is when she, when she finished up her tenure and left in 2001, she was the longest serving female cast member at the time. Really? Yeah. So she, it was very quickly surpassed. I think, um, when Anna Gasteyer left, I think she was technically a little bit above. So like within a year or so it, it was surpassed, but again, just speaks to her at that moment in the show's history that she was really setting the standard again for showing that folks could have, or that female performers could have these like real runs on, on SNL that, that made a difference. Cool. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for sharing everything 
that you shared today, and I'm sure that you have uh, enlightened the voters and made them well aware of the of what's at stake here and why they should elect uh, Molly Shannon into the Hall of Fame. Where can people find more of your work and tell us a little bit more about it because it's really cool. Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TV Show Graphs or tvshowgraphs.com. And yeah, I'm just, I'm super passionate about TV and data and combining them in all ways possible. Um, so I'll basically create various types of graphs that I'll share on social media, everything having to do with TV history or TV data in some way, some stuff just for fun, some looking at like history across different shows and different eras. I've done some SNL stuff, was just looking at presidential portrayals recently. Um, so, so yeah, definitely check it out if you like TV and or data. Cool. And how could you not like both of those things? You know, I am a self-proclaimed <laughs> dork in a lot of ways. So I love TV it. I love it. It's all so comes cool. Together. Yeah. <laughs> the SNL ones today were cool, or I saw, I saw them today. I don't know if they were. Yes, yes. Today, but, uh, very cool. Well, thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Tremendous. That was a, a tremendous episode in my book because this is the first candidate that I wasn't 100% sold on until meeting with the sponsor. And Jamie Burwood came through in a big way, really presenting an interesting narrative here, you know, about the importance of Molly Shannon you know, as a, as a female performer on the program. And uh, I think she did a bang up job. Now, whether or not you have been swayed and when the time comes to vote in May, you, um, you know, uh, ponder your vote and, and really consider Molly Shannon is, is completely up to you. That's completely up to you. But I, I think, and I hope, that you listen to the episode before you cast your vote because there is a lot of really great information contained within and i think that uh it could it could sway you you know it could potentially sway you and that's what we're here to do ultimately you know week in week out is to present a case for a candidate to be not only on the ballot but ultimately in the hall of fame so if you're floating around Twitter, uh, add Jamie to your uh, Twitter oeuvre. Uh, it's TV Show Graphs, and uh, should be a, an easy find for you just putting an at symbol in front of that and typing her in. But uh, you could also do a search for that as well. There is a website that goes with. So there's that. That's what I got for you this week. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Now, get out there and have some fun. This is 2022. There's no time to fuck around. You got to, uh, you got to, you got to bring it. You got to bring it this year. The last two years have been a dress rehearsal, and here we are. We're in the real, real time now. We're in the early 20s. My God, it's crazy to say. But um, that's where we're at. So uh, 
if you don't mind, on your way past, turn out the lights. Because the SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. You can find everything you need to know about the show at snlhof.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. This is Doug Denance saying, this is Doug Denance saying, see you next month in the hall. Some such.